Hi, I'm Thomas Clements, and this is the Zenith Ministries podcast. Welcome to our message of hope, security, and an exploration of true happiness. I'm glad you're here with us as we continue to share our stories of the many peaks and valleys of life and the beauty, truth, and goodness we were able to find in it. Please visit our website at zenithministries.com to connect with us to discover more. Okay, very exciting. So this is our first episode ever. So how this will work is we'll have about six weeks for a season. So that's six episodes, one per week. Then we'll take a three-week break and then come back for another six-week season, doing that on and on forever and ever. Uh, This podcast is about the faith, but it also presents everything in a practical way, uh, touching on topics that are important today. Please feel free to reach out with any feedback, questions, and or prayer requests at email zenithministries at gmail.com. I recently watched the movie 1917. It was spectacular. It was brought to us by the stories of the grandfather of the director, Sam Mendez. I thought it was very cool that he was able to bring those stories to life. I actually wish his grandfather could have seen the movie. I I once went through uh, the Air and Space Museum in D.C. And at the part where you see the World War II planes, this elderly gentleman who was kind of, you know, behind me in line started telling me all of these stories about flying one of the planes that we were looking at. It was amazing. I love hearing about history from the people who lived it. Okay, so the movie 1917 was a cinematic masterpiece. My favorite part actually was the long shots they used for each scene. It was so fun to watch. To be honest with you, it was hard for me to pay attention to what was happening in the movie because I kept focusing on what was happening with the shot and how they must have coordinated it. The other day, I saw a video that claimed was an awareness test. In it, there was a team of four people dressed in white and another team in black. Each team had a ball, and you're told to count how many times the white team passed their ball. I correctly counted 13. I was extremely proud of myself, but then they tossed in a curveball. The video asked if I had seen the moonwalking monkey. I had not seen a monkey. And it was surprising to me when they replayed the video and lo and behold, there was a person in a monkey suit that randomly walked on screen and dances and then moonwalks out. I was skeptical, so I rewatched the first part of the video when they showed the passing the first time. I truly thought that they simply tricked me by adding the monkey into the second showing of the teams passing the ball, but I was wrong. The monkey was there the first time. I can't believe I missed it. But it's simple. Sometimes when you only focus on a particular part of a video or a movie or aspects of your life, you miss out on other things. I can't help but reflect on my own life. What am I focusing on? What am I missing? I only have so much attention, right? All of this makes me think of the Israelites at the Red Sea looking out at the dead end that is trapping them from fleeing the pursuing Egyptian army. The Red Sea stood in their way and they were terrified. An estimated two million people stood on the banks, staring Moses down, furious with him for getting them into this mess. 
Moses stared right back and told two million people, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. This is the same Moses who, when surprised by God at the burning bush and given the call to go release the Israelites from the Egyptian bondage, responded very insecurely with, maybe you should send someone else. He had no confidence at the bush. What happened between the bush and the sea? God happened. God called Moses. Then he made Moses ready for what he called him to do. Moses was transformed. Why? Because he paid attention to God. Now, I'm sure that Moses prayed and conversed with God more than the Bible shares with us, right? The Bible only contains what is necessary for our salvation to know. But regardless, Moses saw God show up for him and the Israelites in 10 big ways. It did get hard at times due to the obstinate heart of Pharaoh, but God still showed up. The Israelite people were in bondage for 400 years. They cried out and they cried out to God to help them. Then Moses shows up to give them hope. The Passover generation followed the commands of the Lord for the 10th plague, and in one night, everything changed. It seemed desperate at times. After the first few plagues, they were told to make more bricks with less material. Pharaoh did not let them go even after all the plagues, and they thought for sure that the three days of darkness was going to do it. But it didn't. Hope was scarce. However, in one night, everything changes. In one night, when it was darkest before the dawn, the Israelites were not simply allowed to leave Egypt. They were thrown out, and they were given treasures and animals and possessions before they left. They did not simply find the gold for the golden calf in the desert. (laughs) Moses paid attention to that. He knew that God did not do all that he did just to let the Israelites get squashed at the shores of the Red Sea. But what were the Israelites paying attention to? Why were they missing the biggest part of their story? This is actually a theme throughout their time in the desert, the Hebrew people forgetting the mighty works of God. They grumble and complain several times, even complaining that it would have been better for them in their bondage what they begged God to save them from than for them to be free in the desert. It is easy to judge them for this. But I know I too am guilty of forgetting God's mighty works in my own life. I too am extremely guilty of not paying attention too often to anything really for the first 21 years of my life. So I personally can't come down too hard on the Israelites, but I can learn from their mistakes. God works in patterns. He repeats himself in our lives and in human history. I can point out to several instances in my life where I should have died. It was actually this pattern uh, of God miraculously saving me that led me from having a bona fide atheistic worldview to accepting and believing in a higher power, uh, a step that would eventually take me to go all in as a Christian God worshiper. Furthermore, I have had experiences where God has made a promise to me in a specific way and that has made me wait long periods of time until he delivers on that promise. And the process of formation and transformation that it unfolds during that period of waiting has always been life-giving and incredible. While it is happening, it feels difficult. But I thank God for it each time after God delivers his promise to me. In scripture, it is very easy to see the patterns of God working for his people. 
In particular, the pattern of saving his people is found in almost every book of the Bible. In some way, shape, or form, someone is miraculously saved by God. And then with Jesus, all who bend their knee to him are saved as well. We learn so much if we pay attention to God's patterns. In particular, how he works with humans as a whole and how he works with us specifically. Humans are forgetful, and so we need reminding. As our maker, God knows this better than anyone. After the first Passover, God had the Israelites celebrate the Passover dinner every year to remind them of his mighty work for them. This would continue right up to Jesus' time. He would celebrate this meal every year of his life. 33 Passover dinners. I've had 34 Christmases and Easter's to remind me of God's saving power in history. But furthermore, there is something greater that I have experienced in my life that not only reminds me of God's saving power, but allows me to experience it in the present moment. Through Jesus and the church, God took the yearly reminder of the Passover and elevated it to the Eucharistic celebration where we are nourished with the new manna from heaven in real time to experience the life-giving nourishment of God that builds us up and strengthens us for the journey we are on to true peace and true prosperity. And if we learn and pay attention to the history that came before us regarding this, it is hard to miss out on the life we can gain from it. God is currently freeing us from bondage at the very least every Sunday, at the very most every day. This is our Passover celebration in which God has miraculously made a way, blasting through the dead end of selfishness and concupiscence, which is the inclination to sin that we all have. The waters have been separated and we can run free. Furthermore, there are other sacraments given to us so that we might escape the downfall brought upon us by our sins. Confession is the next most obvious, but what about the ones that we only receive once? Is it impossible to enjoy the graces of my baptism and confirmation now that so much time has passed since their reception? I believe that these are likened to the Passover. We can celebrate their anniversary each year, yes, but I also think that there is power in simply recalling the fact that you have received them. I think that we can tap into the graces of the sacraments, every single one of them, by reminding ourselves of their reception. If we do this and believe that they have power in our lives, I think that it would bring about positive results. Now, I'm not saying that this has to happen for one to enjoy the graces of the sacraments. They still have power in our lives, even if we don't you know, think of them mentally. I think that that would be a fourth century heresy known as Pelagianism. Heretical times a thousand. What I'm saying is that if you find yourself tempted or anxious or feeling run down, think back to your sacraments. Remind yourself that you are participating in God's pattern. Pay attention to the good work God has done for you in your life. He did not lead you to this point giving you all of that grace through the sacraments simply to let you get taken down by the enemy. He is fighting for you. You only need to be still. Believe in him. Believe that the sacraments that you have received are worth something. They are not simply to make us think happy thoughts about God, but they are meant to affect the power of God himself that surges through us. Believe. When I started praying again, after six years of being an atheist, I did not start because I had fantastic experiences of prayer that I could 
you know, remind myself of and then go to God searching for more. At first, I only had the stories of others who prayed. I only had what I heard about from friends, from homilies, from the saints I read about. So in this specific instance at the beginning, I could not pay attention to how God worked in my prayer life. Instead, I paid attention to how he worked in the lives of others, including my parents, classmates, and others I interacted with throughout my days as a new Christian. I listened to their stories, I listened to how they prayed, and I tried to imitate them. So I began to pray and paid attention to how God showed up in that. After 13 years, God has shown up a lot. I now have so many amazing memories with him, a great foundation on which I can stand firmly when storms and burdens come that try to take my attention away from him. And when I do reach a breaking point, a time of extreme difficulty, I go back to God in prayer. And even if I forget everything that God has ever done for me, if I remember to go to him in prayer, he will remind me of his love for me, of his desire to save me. And when it feels like it is taking a long time for him to show this to me, it's for a reason. The wait is for a reason. God does not disappoint those who hope in him and wait. Let's do this. Let's take some time today, or maybe sometime soon, to look back at our lives and recall all the times that God has come through for us. We know that he has always been there. Let's remember it. It might even be fun to have personal days established in your life or your family's life when you celebrate certain events where God wrought mighty works for you, just like we celebrate anniversaries and birthdays. You can already look up the day of baptisms. Mine was on August 11th. But what about other times when God specifically led you or assisted you? We recall many days like this in our family's life. And now that I think of it, so does the church with the many feast days that take place on almost every single day of the year. By celebrating these, we actively pay attention to the work of God in our lives. And if we do so with faith, this helps us to miss out on the doubt and unbelief that could cause us to fall at inopportune moments when going to God for solutions is the correct choice. Also, by paying attention to God, we are able to have a more positive view on life, a view that builds up, encourages, and feeds ourselves and others, unlike the opposite that only adds to the burden. Thanks so much for joining us today. I pray that you know God's peace and that he pours himself out to you and brings your life to the heights of humanity.